money. Let's talk money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Obviously, this is all about money. Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. (laughs) With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money. With Dave and Reb. From more than enough, real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. I feel like I could sing about money today. You could sing about money. I know, but I won't. Well, you know what? I do know an artist here locally in Ottawa that has a whole album about singing about money. Um, Anyways, I won't won't introduce all of that good stuff. I have no idea, and I need to talk about this. Yeah, whole album about money. So, anyways, that's a whole aside, but Reb Reb is not... We might have to put that in the show notes if that's a thing. Reb is not going to sing I'm not singing about money, really, but it's the joy in my heart that makes me want to sing. Okay, and because there are other songs about money that are not so joyful, I can think of a few myself. Okay, keep going. Okay. Welcome to the show. This is the show where Dave and Reb talk about the hard (laughs) issues around money. Reb sometimes sings about it, but not on the show. So you'll have to catch that uh, at another time. Uh, We are, we have a very special guest. This is part two of uh, an interview that we're having with uh, Lori Gunther Reeser. If you haven't heard the show last week, you really do need to go listen to it. But guess what? Don't leave now. There's lots of ways that you can access the show. Uh, you can do it through morethanenough.ca, chri.ca, and notmine.ca. Those shows have, or those websites have the show with just hit play and go. Of course, if you're listening on a podcast, then you've downloaded us. We thank you. Don't forget to rate us and click that. We appreciate that. And then, of course, we're on YouTube. And same thing, subscribe, uh, get notifications, and listen to the show. You can do that any old time you want to. You don't have to wait till uh, the Friday morning where we simulcast this show here in Ottawa on chri.ca. So that was a mouthful. There is a big mouthful. So, Lori, welcome back. Thank you. Okay, we're not going to do too much intro because you can go listen last week, but Lori wrote a book. And that's part of the reason we invited her today. Um, But the other part is because in this book and in her research and all the conversations she's had in the Canadian church in particular, Mm -hmm. I should say it's all of... I was just going to say, it's it's a book about money and and God and church. So, I mean... No, I know, but it's very specific. It's very exciting because she's done research about giving Mm -hmm. and how the church gives and this is really important because we have stats canada's information which is fairly appalling uh, when it comes to the <laughs> what the numbers are but i'm not going there today because we want to be really encouraging so Lori, i have a few questions for you about your book and some of the takeaways i had because i find your book very refreshing a new way to look at mm. generosity mm-hmm. giving and how to talk about money which is what we i love to do how do we talk about money in a way that encourages us and doesn't oppress us to feel like oh they just want my money mm. which in one sense i just said it right i think it's my money and we talked about that last week we need to ha- shift our thinking and remember that it's All the resources we have um, come from the Lord. But anyway, um, I'm not even going to go with the scripture verse today other than re-mention a verse you mentioned, which was from 2 Corinthians. 
And that is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity or of compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And you pointed us out to us, um, which I've heard before, that that Greek interpretation of um, the word for cheerful is actually hilarious, which puts a whole connotation to giving and um, how we give. So what does hilarious giving mean to you? I'll ask you that, and then we'll go into some other things. What does hilarious giving mean to you, Lori? It's joyful. It's being part of the work that God is already doing in the world. It gives us hope. I think that we could use all of the hope that we can hang on to. Although, ironically, we get hope not by hanging on to our stuff, but by letting it go. <laughs> so... I, I talk, yeah, I, it's, it's joyful. It, it really is to be, I'll give you an example um, from our church. And it's in the, I think it's in the book too. It is in fact in the book that um, we have an Advent giving project and every, I think it's $30 um, that's given. That means that the next week, the kids are going to, during the service, are going to put ornaments on our Christmas tree to show how much is given. And that is hilarious. Like that is it, 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 it warms my heart every year to see it. And it just shows us that, that we are, as a congregation, we are get this chance. We get to be generous and share and help a project in yeah. our community. I mean, that is just, it's just joyful. It's good for your heart. And that's, mm-hmm. we get to do it. It's not something that we have to do. It's something God is good to us and we share. Oh, that uh, that's amazing. And I love that perspective because I'm thinking I, we can't imagine children dragging their feet toward the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. children wouldn't do that. They, they would just be excited to go hang that ornament. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what what you do like in that example. It just captures that generous, cheerful, joyful, hilarious mm-hmm. giving. And, and children probably can do it really well when, when, when they're not greedy, they, they do generosity really well. At least that's been my experience with my own kids. Oh, for sure. Children have so much to teach us. And that's one of the many reasons that we need to talk about generosity is because that's how we learn from, yeah. from watching people yeah. be generous and from hearing the stories. And that's a big part of the why I wrote the book, as I said, is because people share their stories with me, which has been one of the privileges of my life, no word of a lie. And I want people to be able to read these stories of generosity and, and hear these testimonies. When we don't talk about money at church, we are, we're missing these, these beautiful, beautiful stories of people who've been faithful for, in many cases, for, for decades. Yeah, and I think the, the uh, you know, kind of looking at it from the flip side as well, if we don't talk about generosity in the church, Kids turn into adults, and guess what we learn as we do that is is that, oh, so I'm not supposed to actually talk about it. I'm not supposed to, supposed to keep it hidden. Uh, maybe, you know, and again, that natural generosity or that natural, um, I'm almost going to say lack of fear that often we see in children that spurns their generosity. They, they're happy to spurs, 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 spurs their on. generosity on. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that, that, that happens in children. It gets lost because they actually see the model of us adults going, 
oh, well, we're not talking about it. Oh, well, you know, you better think about all the consequences of, of your generosity and all of that. And we're like, wait a minute, that's not the model that we want to have happen, right? So. Yeah, we're behind in the budget. <laughs> like that is, <laughs> we have a better oh, theology man. than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And in this season of uh, annual, annual general meetings, which you actually give another um, verbiage for, the AGM, what do you say in your book about the AGM? I learned this from a, from a, from a donor. Um, amazing mm-hmm. grace moments, an opportunity to share how God has been active in the church. Where do you see the spirit? How do you feel, you know, as disciples of Jesus, how have you seen that played out? How have you seen that in action the past year? It's an opportunity to tell those stories and and to thank, thank the people that have shared in so many ways, to thank God for God's faithfulness first and foremost, and to thank the people, thank the people in the church who've been so generous in so many ways. And, and, and to start well, with and, that. And if there and if there's any church leaders leading or listening today, you know, there's a new um way to encourage people to come to the AGM to your annual general meeting, which you can now call your amazing grace moments mm-hmm. meeting. Mm-hmm. So I love that. That's why uh I wanted you to explain that to us, Lori. So I'm gonna um, ask oh, you. by the way, I'm just going to throw. We are going to steal that. Like, uh, we're, we're going to we're going to steal that idea. <laughs> that is going to show up in a lot more places in my language. I don't, know, I don't know if she so. tra- if it's been trademarked, but um, yeah, we'll we'll attribute it to um, the donor in Lori's book. Um, so, so the book is called "Growing a Generous Church: A Year in the Life of Peach Blossom Church." Just as a reminder, she it's a creative nonfiction. She does take the stories, Lori, you've taken the stories that you've heard in church basements across Canada and put them into the voices and characters of uh, Peach Blossom Church in a, over a year. And we watch them tackle financial subjects. We watch them start talking about money in healthy ways. And you've given some things for us to think about and talk about and ponder. And there are a few takeaways I have. The one that actually we are definitely borrowing on this podcast and we attribute it to you already is giving is a spiritual discipline Mm -hmm. that needs to be taught and learned. Can you explain that uh, a bit more? Sure. I think it's parallel to prayer. I mean, if you go back to scriptures, Jesus talks right. about prayer and, and generosity and fasting often together. So it is something that we do. If you think about prayer, it's something that we do individually and we do it as a group. We do it collectively. And giving is exactly the same. We do, we have our individual giving and we have our collective giving as, as community of faith. Um, for prayer, we have, you know, it's something we have we have some set points in our life to do that. But we also just spontaneously give, right? Like there's a spontaneous need. There's an earthquake. There's a disaster. We give we have, We have. give regularly and spontaneously. We pray regularly and spontaneously. So there's so, there's so, so many parallels to it that, and they go together so nicely. So I want to not think that one is more spiritual than the other because we are connecting with God in both. They're both part of our discipleship. And I, I, I feel we do ourselves a disservice when we, um, when we make money sort of a, 
back shelf or less important. Mm-hmm. It's I, we're not going to learn to be generous if we don't talk about money. Just the same way we don't just pray in our closet, but we pray in our church too. I mean, there's a time for closet prayer. There's a time for secret giving, but that's not, it's not, it's not just one way of praying or one way of giving. There's so many ways to do both. Yeah. One of the things that really struck me with kind of that, you bringing that out is, is, you know, when we pray often, and I, uh, maybe I'm selfish or this way, but often we'll actually celebrate the answers to the prayer, right? So we'll say, Hey, I was praying for this and time goes by or whatever. And God answers the prayer and we get to celebrate that in the community. But there's this thing about money and generosity that we say, okay, well, God used money to do this or to answer this prayer or to change this, but we're not allowed to celebrate that in the, in the community of believers. We're not allowed to talk about it because there's, there's some pride or something going on. I know we have to watch out for that, but we'd miss out on the, the community celebration of saying, God has given me some resources that I get to share with my neighbor. Uh, and I'm thinking about one story just happened to us last week. And literally, it was our neighbor. My son came home late at night in the big storm. Neighbor had some friends over and their car was in the ditch. Now, interestingly enough, the plow had went by, the snow plow had went by and had plowed them further in the ditch. <laughs> so now there was all this snow around it. And the, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night my son comes home and he pulls over and he says hey i've got a four-wheel drive truck we've got the chain let's go pull you out of the the ditch and it took 20 minutes it was cold uh they did you know it wasn't very nice but he was able you know i get home and he's he's celebrating the fact that he could actually help pull the neighbor out of the ditch with the resources that we had in our house. They didn't have those resources at their place. We had them and we were able to share what we had to help pull them literally out of the ditch. And I, that story just resonates so much when I, I was, you know, with this, this topic of being able to celebrate that with justice. And sometimes we don't take the chance to celebrate those things that God lets us do. And justice is our son. That's mm-hmm. the name of our son, not the quality of justice. Right. Just, oh, yes. Yeah, we were celebrating with justice this generosity who was able to be a part of, which ties in a, a thought I have uh, about this spiritual discipline of giving. And then mm-hmm. there's another aspect of this I want to get into, but it is learned mm-hmm. and it is taught. So we... Like David had to teach him how to hook up, you know, in in his growing up years, this is how you pull someone out of a ditch, or this is how you help someone. We've done that a few times. He has watched David do it many times for others. Um, And because of how we operate in our family, um, justice was not going to ignore, our son justice wasn't going to ignore the neighbors. And I think Uh, Lori, if you can speak to the necessity, because this is what has gotten me all fired up about giving. It needs to be taught because we literally don't know how to do it. I like the example that you shared. It reminds me of a story, and I'm sure it's in the book. It's in my heart for sure, of hearing a man say, well, you know, I had just got laid off. And this this, this story is set like in the 50s or 60s, but the church was having, uh, you know, it was, was was going to build a new building and I made a pledge out of faith and the next day the Ford Motor Company phoned me. Um, and it, it's just this giving out of faith. And when we and that's the thing, when we don't talk about money, we don't hear mm-hmm. those stories. 
And so the testimony is a, is a better motivator than guilt. And so, especially now, like in an, in another time in an, like, you know, many decades ago, if you're, and it was usually the dad in this case, if, if your dad got paid out in cash and counted the cash out every week on the kitchen table and there was a pile for the church and there's a pile for groceries and then yep. there's a, you know, what's left is everything else. Then the church doesn't need to talk about money because you, you had a pretty strong understanding of how money worked by the time you were six, probably. But that doesn't mm-hmm. happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And so God has given us this wonderful opportunity to not assume but to be intentional and to sing God's praises and to say, this is, this is how we share what God has given us. And, and we are, we are great. And it's a reminder of what God has given us in the first place. So we're really getting the chance to go right back to the first principles of praise and thanksgiving by talking about money. Because in the book, the example you give is that during offering time in the Peach Blossom Church, there is also a testimony of giving mm. and, a, and a member of the church will get up and share a story. And I really love that because story is so powerful. Um, I mean, we talk about that. We talk about money stories in our coaching process at More Than Enough. And the story of your own life is so important. But even as listeners are listening, I'm wondering, you know, I'm going to speak to the listener. Perhaps you can remember a time when you saw generosity, when you heard about generosity. Maybe you were generous and you can share that story with your kids today mm-hmm. and say, you know, I remember this time. And and it, and it maybe you haven't been able to um, get your mind wrapped around all the bills and the expenses right now. And generous generosity is not on the forefront of what you were thinking, but maybe it's time to bring that up again today. And just remember your own story or the story of your parents or friends or neighbors um, that you've seen and heard, because I think that's part of it. And and I do believe, you know, we need to teach our children. We need to teach ourselves once again. How do we do this? And um, there's all kinds of things that you bring out in the book so people just can just go read it because I don't want to reiterate everything. (laughs) But the other thing that jumped out at me, which was so awesome, was... You quote a sermon from Augustine of Hippo, and I really want to talk about it today. Um, it has to do with Ma- the Matthew 6 verse, where um, when you give alms to the poor, you know, do it, but make sure that your left hand, you, you know what, I should just get the yeah. proper. Um, you have it. so I know, but, but Lori, you might know it off by heart. Well, it's when you give alms to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Not if, right. but when, which is a really telling part mm-hmm. of that verse too, because it's, a, it's, a, it's assuming, maybe commanding, but definitely assuming that we are going to help poor people. It's a, and it talks about mm-hmm. trumpets and, not, and all of that. It's, it's something that I hear right. quite that often. It- Well, it's something that I think shocked me in your book, for one, because I I had to get my mind around it, Lori, honestly, that this church started to operate in their financial conversations so openly, Mm -hmm. so much to the point that people would share what they were doing to give or struggling to give or, um, and, you know, Dave and I talk about debt, we talk about all kinds of that, and then 
I think it was so shocking to me because this teaching from Matthew 6 has been ingrained in me that we keep it silent and secret. But you kind of burst the bubble on it a bit. And and we've heard uh, another commentary from um, uh, a gentleman um, who wrote got the book Gospel Patrons, and he has the same thinking um, that we shouldn't hide it. So tell me more about Augustine of Hippo and and explain your perspective. Oh boy. Okay. So <laughs> if, if this is going back to like the early centuries of the church and in North Africa, uh, Augustine is a, a great a great teacher, um, especially a, um, still very revered, and his sermons talk about giving to glorify God. That's why we give. I mean, and he's holding the tension between, you know, don't hide your light under a lamp, under a, under a lamp, that doesn't make sense, under a basket. And then this idea (laughs) of the left and right hand. Yeah. So giving to glorify God, he just keeps that as a really central and beautiful focus of his work. And he says, you know, if you're not benefiting, he 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 attaches meaning to the left hand and right hand. He says, if you're not benefiting, then you're you're fine. You're not you're you, if you're not you're not gaining anything from your giving. You're fine. You're, you're the main thing is is to glorify God, and I, I, his whole sermon says it so well. The other scripture, if I can just add another one in there that often gets cited is the widow's mite, when she only puts two little coins into the offering. And we could talk all day, and I, I literally could, about what that means. But what I want to point out is that Jesus and his disciples are sitting in the temple, watching how much people put into the collection and having a little chat. Like that, Now, that's a different kind of giving in that passage, in the passage where they're in the temple. That is not the alms giving that's being talked about. In the left hand, right hand, it's a different kind of giving. But in either case, Jesus mm-hmm. says, hey, this is a cool thing to have a conversation about. So I don't think we're, I don't think as Christians generally that we're at a real risk of saying, of sounding a trumpet and saying, da, 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 I just gave a loony to a homeless guy. I don't think that's our problem. I don't think that's our risk. Mm-hmm. I think our risk mm-hmm. is really that we're just going to walk right on by that homeless guy. I think right. that's the bigger right. risk. That's the bigger risk for me. I'm just going to say that honestly. Um, okay. So I don't want okay. us to. So what? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. What What got me about this part was that when because um, you actually sent me what Augustine said, and he says the left hand of the spirit is material greed. The right hand of the spirit is spiritual love. So if when you give alms, you mix in some greed for temporal advantages, hoping to gain some such thing from that good work, you're mixing the left hand's knowledge with the right hand's works of spiritual love. But if you come to a person out of simple charity, pure conscience before God, and what you already said, where he's focused on glorifying God and Um, then your left hand will not know what your right hand is doing because greed has no part of spiritual love. And that's what was profound to me. Mm -hmm. And often we say, well, you've got to do it in secret. But but what I hear from you and in this passage, he's saying when you give, 
<laughs> and right now we're more at risk of just not giving at all. But he's making the assumption that people are giving to the poor. When we give alms to the poor, when we do a charitable deed, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, now this comes from all those centuries ago from this revered man. And it just, and, and it's what you said, he kind of backs it up against the verses in um, uh, for, uh, earlier on about let your light so shine, so shine before men so that they can see your good deeds and glorify the father in heaven. And if we want to glorify God, we can do it in our giving. It doesn't necessarily mean it always has to be hush hush because the hush hush part is actually been detrimental to the church, I think. And I, I got that from your writing. So can you speak to that just for a minute? I know that we're winding down to the end of the show, but. I think that the hush hush part mink risks hiding people that don't give at all. And so, and that means we also, as you would well be aware, hiding all kinds of hurt around financial problems and, and marital problems. So the more we can bring our whole selves to God and talk about our whole selves in the church and let God love us and let God heal, heal us, uh, God will lead us in our prayer and in our generosity. And oh, that's just, that. well, yeah. bring our whole selves mm -hmm. to God. Mm -hmm. So even, so if folks are struggling today in this whole idea of giving and then feeling like I've just told them they have to tell people about it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't start there if you're struggling and there are things that you know that you're hiding in secret, mm -hmm. whether it's debt or spending issues. I don't know, David, if you can, you, you as a coach see this far more often. Yeah. And I mean, as we wrap up the show, I, I, I just, I just want to kind of let that sink in. Some of the things that Lori, that you've been talking about, um, uh, I, I feel like they just need to kind of sink in and germinate because, um, again, most of us, and, and again, I'm not, I, I don't want to make the general statement, but in the culture, in the church, uh, the discussions around money, um, often, uh, again, th there hasn't been great model. There hasn't been uh, um, for for a lot of us, um, especially kind of my generation. And I'll just speak to me: is 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 you know, I knew that money happened in my house. I knew that my parents were believers in faith and that they gave. But the reality was, is I never actually saw it. And and what you said, Laurie, just earlier about you know, there was a time where you the money came in in cash and and you did divvy it out or you had envelopes or you you know put it in jars and and mom and there was this tactile demonstration of of where the money came from and where it was going and you know this right now the culture we live in that's something that we have to deal with in terms of reconnecting to the tactile part of the money and actually making it a point uh, and an intentional part of what we, uh, how we manage and how we take care of the resources that are coming in. Um, and, and, you know, we, we're not going to go to that, but it just struck me as you said that, that boy, um, these conversations are just the beginning of getting it on the table. 
and going, okay, this much is going here and this much is going here and this much is going here and finding opportunities to just simply share the stories and finding the opportunities to say, this is what's on my heart to do. And, uh, and so thank you, Laurie. Thank you for like, tweaking. Thank you for writing the book. Thank you for giving us a, a real template to, to have those conversations in the community of the church. Uh, just in- incredibly grateful this morning for you. And likewise. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to get her book, I'm going to have the link in the show notes. And Father, we just thank you so much for the ministry that um, Lori has to the church. And we pray your blessing on her. And I pray that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see what you are saying to your people in this season about giving and generosity. Um, Thank you, Lord. And we're going to talk money again next week. So join us. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.